What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I am Chris. I am Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Although the last month or so, it seemed like it's all NFL, which we never mind, but it seems a little disingenuous to say the world of sports in the beginning when it's all football. However, as I said last time, uh, if any of you want us to talk about something else, just make your sport more interesting. But I digress. Episode 145. If you haven't guessed yet, another full episode of NFL. A lot of week one review. Ben and I get into our picks for the major awards. Uh, it's way too early, but we're going to take a chance anyways based on our, our, our semi-abundant knowledge and hopefully some good luck. Uh, and as well, Banker Tank, because, you know, uh, even when I don't destroy Ben, I still have to report on it. And uh, last week was not great for me, but Ben's going to definitely get a victory lap later on this episode. And believe it or not, I will actually defend Aaron Rodgers. What? I know. I know. Not a backtrack on anything, just just being consistent. So we are going to start, though, with NFL Week 1. Not a groundbreaking question, but what are your takeaways from Week 1? Uh, you know, what, what were your impressions of the rookie QBs, and what surprised you in a good or bad way? Uh, I liked what I saw from uh, the rookies and the second-year guys, as you pointed out. The second-year guys are going to be effective. But I think I'd like to pinpoint one situation. Chicago. (laughs) They didn't do nothing. And I know that's a perfect grammar, but they didn't do anything. And they got beaten by the Rams, which by – by all means, they have a very good offense, especially with the addition of, of Matthew Stafford. Yeah. And they have a tremendous defense with one of the most disruptive defensive linemen in the league. But Chicago has proven that Andy Dalton is not the answer. And you can want to protect them all you want. At some point, you have to give the key, the kid the keys to the car. David Montgomery had a productive day. But outside of that, it was uh, Justin Fields basically getting a, a few snaps, rushed in for a touchdown on a goal line uh, carry, and that's about it. It's like I'm disappointed in the Bears' continuance to not put this guy in. That's in the I understand it's a college game. He's a proven com- commodity in the college game success at the high levels and yet you don't go all in and just say we're going to go with him you had teams a few teams looking at Andy Dalton and Nick Foles for trading options especially when the Colts lost uh, Carson Wentz there was some consideration there but no they doubled down and said we're going to go with Andy Dalton we don't think Justin Fields is ready although Kyle Wilson barely, uh, Kyle Wilson, Zach Wilson barely played last year and he's starting. Um, Trevor Lawrence, we know his season. We know Mac Jones' season. We understand the the situation between Jimmy G and, and Trey Lance. And Trey Lance got some play too. And he was productive. I think that's just my biggest issue takeaway from this weekend is just the debacle going on Chicago. 
with a stud defensive player in, in Khalil Mack, talented players surrounding him, Allen Robinson, one of the most productive wide receivers in the league. The weapons that are needed are in place, and you could have an up-tempo offense with a mobile quarterback that has the capability of striking from anywhere. You have a, a taller version of Kyler Murray, and you just say, well, we'll play him for a few snaps, but other than that, Sit on the bench, Justin, and and just watch Andy Dalton just get absolutely taken apart. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, we can move on to the uh, the uh, a good or bad question after this, but I, I I definitely agree with a lot of what you said there, especially with Justin Fields, because we we knew the moment that Justin Fields was drafted by the Chicago Bears that Andy Dalton was not the best quarterback on that team. There was a question if he was the best quarterback on that team when it was just him and Nick Foles, mind you. And that's not saying a whole hell of a lot. Uh, you don't trade what the Bears traded to swap a couple of spots up to get Justin Fields so nobody else could to not use him in short order. Cool, they got him on the field for a couple of plays. Looked good. Uh, and But... This is what Matt Nagy does. Matt Nagy has had a history in his short time as the Bears head coach of not knowing when to pull the trigger and put guys in. Look at David Montgomery. The past two seasons, David Montgomery has been criminally underused. It wasn't until the second half of last season where he actually got the appropriate usage as a primary back for a team that wanted to play ball control offense because they had Mitchell Trubisky who couldn't hit water falling out of a boat. So let's not have David Montgomery carry the load. Let's have Mitchell Trubisky throw the ball 40 times a game. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. And then you wonder why you're only a wild card. You wonder why you can't compete with Green Bay. You wonder why you don't put up more of a fight uh, or, or look better against Detroit. Minnesota has questionable quarterback play, uh, you know, until uh, until Kellen Mond takes over later this season. Uh, but they have a premier running back and one of the best wide receiver tandems in the game. Easily top five wide receiver tandem. I would have to say with Thielen and Thielen and Jefferson. Uh, but there's no reason this kid's not the starter. Like I said, Zach Wilson didn't play much last year at all in college. He's a starter. Because the Jets know this kid's going to be the future. they got to see what he has. They're, they're not. They're in a rebuild still. They can't wait. For him to see if he, you know, two or three years and then be at a point where they think they're going to be competitive to find out if he has it or not. The Bears are, have done nothing but waste Khalil Mack since the moment they drafted him, or excuse me, traded for him. One of the premier defensive talents of his generation, a generational talent, and the Bears have done nothing, nothing, coaching staff-wise, personnel-wise, decision-wise, to make sure this guy has the best team around him possible. It's an absolute joke. And where would the Raiders be right now with the Khalil Mack on on that defense? Pretty good position. They might not have Will Arnett. Okay. But I I don't get it. Uh, As far as the three starters go, I was there at the game live. Mack Jones looked phenomenal. Uh, couldn't really, but the only thing that could have made me happier that day is if they actually pulled out a win, but 
Things happen. It's a young team. Players are developing. Chemistry is being formed. I think they're going to be okay. Trevor Lawrence, I think exactly what we thought he was going to be. He's on a bad team. That's going to give up 40 points a game. So he's not going to get a lot of wins. But he's going to have monster stats because he's just got natural talent. Uh, and not that he doesn't put work in, but he's just naturally talented. And he's going to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns 10 times a season easily. Even Zach Wilson, as much of a Patriots fan as I am. Yeah, they lost. But Zach Wilson doesn't have a ta- as talented a team around him as Matt Jones does. And he still looked good. So, Trey Lance looked fine in the short time you saw him. You're going to get more of a combination between him and Jimmy G, I think, which isn't as egregious as Chicago because I'd take Jimmy G over Andy Dalton any day. Uh, But, I mean, I don't think any of the five teams drafting a first-round quarterback could look at week one and go, oh, boy, what do we do? Now, what... If you had to pick eh, one or two things that really surprised you, positive, negative, from week one, uh, things that may you know uh, may have to be addressed going forward or watch going forward or just just week one, whatever, anything, just something. I know mine. I know mine without even thinking about it. I gotta say, Cleveland. Okay. I gotta say Cleveland. I'm I'm stunned. I, I'm not I don't want to say stunned in the sense that I'm surprised that they had so much success and, and they were leading and leading by a large margin. I, I, I was just stunned that they had such control of the game. Um if I'm Pittsburgh, if I'm Baltimore, if I'm uh Cincinnati, I, I'm a little concerned at what they just did to Kansas city. And if they can clean up some, um, some mistakes and obviously that errant throw, um, by Baker at the end, then that'd be concerning. Uh, but other than that, I, I, I think those three teams need to understand that Cleveland might be playing at a different level than them. And we discussed the Baltimore Ravens already. Pittsburgh won, but they didn't really show out yet. And Cincinnati went to overtime and they pulled it out, which great. That's something they didn't do last year, whether they had um, Joe Burrow or not. They didn't pull out close victories. But that Cleveland team, that they made it uncomfortable for Patrick Mahomes. I saw one play where Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett, uh, met in the backfield and it was not comfortable. If they're going to do that two games a year this year to each team, we know big Ben can take hits. Uh, can Lamar take those kind of hits? Can Joe Burrow take those kind of hits? And I can see Cleveland, even with the loss, they can go on a run and win that division handily. Cause and we can go over all the issues with each team. They're the best built team. They're building on last year's success and they're moving forward. And I, I'm, I'm stunned that they almost pulled it off. And, and in the same breath, I'm stunned that they didn't pull it off because they just had such 
a game plan against the Kansas City Chiefs. If that happens again in the playoffs after seven, 16 games, 17 weeks, it could be a different result. And I'd be concerned if I were the other three teams in that division. Cleveland has really turned around their, their fortunes over the past, uh, you know, previous 10 to 15 years and really, really put together a solid team, solid running backs. Baker looks even better. You're right. Remember, though, this is a team last year that faced Kansas City in the playoffs also. And if right. it wasn't for a very questionable call that probably shouldn't have been made, or excuse me, I think it was a hit that should have been called right. that, that caused a fumble that wasn't called, I believe it was against Sorensen, uh, we could have been talking about the, the 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 Browns upsetting the Chiefs in the playoffs last year because Mahomes didn't play the rest of that game. So there was no Mahomes magic coming back if if if, if Cleveland – Ended up, you know, pulling it off and pulling a shocker. Uh, but, yeah, definitely surprised to see Mahomes out there fully healthy for an entire game. And, I mean, ended up pulling it out. But, yeah, to see Cleveland with the control they had, that's – if you're a Browns fan, <laughs> this is the team you've been waiting for for a very, very long time. Uh, for me, Packers. Packers, man. Ooh. All off season, And this is not – before anybody out there – Gets, gets their torches out. This is not a Barry Aaron Rodgers segment. I'm actually going to defend him in a few minutes. But first, I have to say, he does have to take some blame. Because maybe if you weren't out pretending you were a Jeopardy host all off season, maybe if you weren't out you know, uh, acting, like, uh, acting like you weren't going to be there having Jordan, uh, Jordan Love get all the first team reps, your team would be a little bit better prepared. Having said that, the rest of the team still has to pull their weight too. I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers was never the sole reason that team was good. Aaron Jones is phenomenal. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, and it's not only because of Aaron Rodgers. So when they fail, it's not all on Aaron Rodgers either. Aaron Jones didn't do anything, much like the entire Green Bay offense, against what Statistically, when this season's over, it's not going to be a very good New Orleans Saints defense. There's not a whole lot of studs or playmakers on that defense. Isn't the Green Bay offense? Chris, I'll give you a positive. What? Jameis is starting off on the right foot. Zero interceptions. Well, he's never going to get defensive player of the year like that. But he he was close. But no, he he looked good. He looked, hey, hey, everybody, we all joked about when he got that, that laser eye surgery after he left Tampa Bay when they didn't even attempt to re-sign him when they got Brady. And there were Buccaneers fans who were very upset about that. I think a lot of them have probably calmed down by now. But at the time, they were very upset about that. You got a guy who threw for 5,000 yards and then goes and get laser eye surgery because he couldn't even see that 2020 vision. And now he does. And now he's with a franchise that knows how to cultivate talent. Um, Can't always keep it or sign him to the most uh, uh, reasonable contracts. But Sean Payton's going to know what to do with Jameis Winston, how to deal with Jameis Winston. Um, Taysom Hill, I mean, is not a guy who's going to go out there and be a starter and be able to throw 50 times a game. But he is, I would think he's the kind of guy who's a really good locker room guy who's going to help the kid along because he knows it's only going to make him and the team better. So Jameis Winston's in a really, really good position with some good talent around him. It doesn't hurt to have Alvin Kamara in the backfield either. Right. Um. So, 
yeah, this is not taking anything away from the Saints, but man, the Packers all offseason, everybody talked about how Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time. Aaron Rodgers is this. Aaron Rodgers is that. Folks, the fact of the matter is Aaron Rodgers has never performed well in the playoffs with the exception of the Super Bowl run. And let's not forget, that was a stellar defense led by Hall of Famer Charles Woodson. Thank you. Who, oh, no problem. I'll give Charles, I'll give Charles credit all day. The guy's awesome. Um, there's nobody, nobody needs to hear that from me to verify that. That's, you know, just watch the man play. Uh, but, I mean, that was a hell of a defense with a good running game, talented tight ends. Uh, obviously, a quarterback is a huge part of that. And by the way, as a Patriots fan, I will openly admit, a couple of our championships were won the exact same way. Really right. good defense, decent quarterback play, good running game, offensive line, real team effort. Rodgers has never showed out in the playoffs. He's never looked stellar. Unless they were at the first round and they were like playing a dog, <laughs> he's never he's never gone out there and lit it up in the postseason. So, this whole thing about how he's the greatest of all time, first of all, Brady has seven, he has one. No, just no. Uh, no to the 10th power, the 20th power, the infinity power, no. Uh, second of all, do it in the playoffs. Eli Manning has been better in the playoffs than you've been Aaron Rodgers, so let's calm that down. But now to defend him, everybody who was on this guy's side, everybody, all offseason saying he was the greatest. Everybody cursing me out on social media because I had an opinion that wasn't just filleting him for 45 minutes. It's now saying this guy's washed up. They made a mistake. It's Jordan Love time. Anybody? What did Devontae Adams do on Sunday? Uh, do you want his exact numbers? Because I have it up. Oh, actually, uh, I, I didn't know you did that, but that's good. That's teamwork right there. A stunning five catches for 56 yards. Yeah. For the best receiver in the NFL. What did Aaron Jones do? Aaron Jones, along with uh, Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey, I think one of the one of the three best dual threat rushing receiving backs in the entire league. Uh, if Saquon's healthy, he can prove he can he belongs there again, but he's got to actually stay healthy to do it. What do you do? Uh, five carries for nine yards. And some catches. But... And some catches. I mean, it was this entire Green Bay offense. It's not just – it's not like – you could go out there with a mediocre quarterback and you would still be able to have a a top-of-their-game Aaron Jones and a top-of-their-game Devontae Adams perform at a high level. Uh, Randall Cobb, so happy to be back. All these other guys talking about they're so happy to have Rodgers and they're so happy for this and that. None of them stepped up. So for everybody to sit there and say, this has just happened because Aaron Rodgers is washed up, this happened because all of a all of a sudden, all of a sudden, y'all you, you couldn't you couldn't stop stroking this guy's ego two months ago, uh, the entirety of the offseason, not even two months ago, and now he has a bad game, a terrible game, against what I think will be a mediocre defense, and he's all washed up. And I'm gonna be consistent. I call him out for being a diva and being a yeah. crybaby. However, one person does not make any team. Everybody has to step up around him and help him too. Now, as far as his attitude towards losing and probably blaming everybody else goes, that's a whole different story. But for everyone to sit there and say this guy is the entirety of the reason they lost, just remember that. Because now week two, if he goes out and goes 350 and four, you can't claim, oh, he's the, he's the GOAT again. Now he's the best. Knew it. We knew it. Here he is. 
Some people will let that go. Aaron Rodgers is not one of them. No. It's going to get very ugly there very quickly if they keep up this kind of play. And I think we have to make sure that we identify the other side of the ball as equally responsible for this Oh yeah. shit show. Yeah. Let me read off three stats that will tell you uh, – well, four stats that will tell you everything. Number of sacks, zero. Number of tackles for loss, zero. Pass deflections, one. Quarterback hits, three. That's per ESPN.com. They don't dig too much deep into the other stats. They paid a significant amount of money to both uh, Zadarian and Preston Smith. Um, they have Rashawn Gary on that defensive line. They have they went out and signed Devondre Campbell. They have two pretty good um, safeties, and yet nothing, no pressure at all on. What is, I, I don't want to say he's a statue, but he is not the most mobile of quarterbacks in um, Jameis Winston. And yet they weren't able to get to him at all and, and no pressure. Even one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, if they have no pressure, no one in their face, they're going to be successful. Jameis didn't have a stellar game outside of the five touchdowns. He went 10 for tw- uh, 14 for 20 and 148 yards. It's not blistering numbers that he had in Tampa Bay, but he had five touchdowns. He took care. He took care of the opportunities that was given. I just think it was a complete collapse by the entire team. And Jordan Love got some run. I'll, I'll say that he got some run. So we'll have to see what happens throughout the rest of the season because the local media here was clamoring for a change to Jimmy G a few years ago after the debacle in Kansas city. And then they moved on to Cincinnati. And the only reason why I remember that is because Bill Belichick was continuous about we're moving on to Cincinnati and they won and, and they went on a run and and won the Super Bowl that year. So I, I would just say to echo your words, Calm down. See what the next week's going to be like. See their next competition. Because if you look at that division, the Chicago Bears, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Detroit Lions, you could go 0-2 and still pull off a nice run and win the division. You can go 0-3 possibly and pull off a nice run. And I'm just – I'm just – I wouldn't be concerned about the Detroit Lions – until the Chicago Bears figure out that Justin Fields is their better quarterback. And I think um, you're going to make a point. You've made a point many times about Kirk Cousins and how there's going to be a change this year. If that change happens, that could affect how the team is. Yep. And I just, and if, if that change is made also, that means the Minnesota Vikings aren't being as productive as they should be. So hold on guys. Uh, the Washington football team, Backed into the playoffs last year with a horrible record. Even if it's an absolute garbage for the first quarter of the season, that division is weak enough to back right into the uh, playoffs as well. All right. Well, we, we will definitely, definitely uh, also be be revisiting some of this stuff uh, after, after week two because there's a lot of conclusions drawn after one week. And it's impossible to do. I mean, I think every game matters, but I think 
I don't think you see a lot of teams fully become what they potentially could be until week three or four. I know that sounds crazy, but especially when you're talking now, most starts uh, starters, excuse me, don't start uh, preseason games, barely play in preseason games unless you're a rookie. Uh, I mean, there was what was it? The, the Buccaneers didn't <laughs> didn't play a vast majority of their stars for the entirety of preseason. So now you have guys coming in really only having a little bit of training camp and not really any game reps. Takes a little while to get in the swing of things. So I think, you know, week three or week four, teams are still playing at a poor level. That just might be what they are. But week one or two, you're struggling a little bit. You're figuring some things out, and that's the time to do it. You don't want to do it week 15 or 16 or 17 or, oh, this year 18 because there's 17 games. So, um, but having said that you don't want to read too much into it after week one, uh, Ben and I are going to pick our awards today. So, yeah, we're not going to listen to our own advice as far as that goes. But we are going to use our, like I said, semi-abundant knowledge to pick the MVP, Offensive and Defensive Players of the Year, and Offensive and Defensive Rookies of the Year. Uh, We will, of course, halfway through the season revisit this. uh, And then after the season... Before the awards are announced, we will again revisit it uh, just to uh, see if we want to make any changes or we're going to stick with what we picked here. So what do you want to start with, Ben? Uh, we'll, we'll go from the bottom up. So we're going to just start uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Okay. What do you got? I got Jeremiah Ueso Kameor. And Not I apologize bad. to him. Not bad. I apologize to him if I'm, I'm, I'm pronouncing it wrong. I just uh, I, I will abbreviate it as a JOK, uh, just to kind of make it easier for the listeners. Uh, he's a linebacker with Cleveland Browns. Um, I liked what he did in college, and I think if you add a piece to this defense, like they did with Jadavian Clowney. He's not a big piece, but he's another pass rushing defensive end. And if this kid can 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 ball out and, and get to the pass rusher, the passer like Miles Garrett and, and Jadavian Ken, it's just gonna be this attacking defense that just makes it a nightmare for quarterbacks to have any sort of success. And I think the beginning part of that happened this weekend. Now, Patrick Mahomes has success because Patrick Mahomes is different. Mahomes makes throws nobody should make. And yet people try. But that being said, they still put a ton of pressure on him. They met at the the, the two defensive ends, met at the quarterback many times. And I think this kid is going to have opportunity to have success and and fill up the stat column just because of the two defensive ends that could potentially be on the field. Not only that, man, but you start taking into account some of the talent they have in the secondary that's still not yet fully developed. Cleveland defense could be very dangerous by middle of, late, middle of the season, late in the season. All right, for me, I'm going to go with your boy out of Michigan, Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay. Uh, number one, awesome name. Uh, number two... Um, I, that Colts defense is going to be even better than they played in week one. 
Uh, they had some injuries in the offseason, too. And, and the same thing goes for defensive stars as offensive stars. If you're not in there, you're not really getting the reps. If you're not playing to try to preserve yourself for the season, it's going to take some time. Uh, that defense around him is going to get better, which is going to allow him to be what they drafted him to be, which is a very disruptive linebacker. Um, I just think as good as that defense was last year, uh, you, you put a kid like this in there, he's going to have the opportunity to have, I don't even know if it's going to be monster numbers, but impact numbers. You know, we talked about uh, TJ Watt a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Didn't necessarily have the most tackles, but look at the disruptive plays, the fumbles caused, the the, the uh, deflections, um, you know, hits and quarterback hits. Just like those numbers were all there. Like he's disrupting the game. And I think Quiddy Pay could absolutely be that. And I, and, and I know it's your pick, Chris. Um, my issue with Quiddy Pay is not Quiddy Pay. It's his numbers were not good at Michigan because Michigan was unable to unlock that talent. Right. Take Rashard Gary up in Green Bay. Top, top pick. Did not have the numbers. Now, I don't want to say you're going to be 100% right or 100% wrong. I think there is potential. There is unlocked potential in Quiddy Pay because the defensive coordinator that was at Michigan – by the way, he is uh, was let go over the offseason and a new one installed from the Baltimore Ravens. I think there is opportunity for this kid to, to shine with talent that he has not yet seen. And I think, and I, I'm sorry, I'm jumping on your. Uh, no, on top no, of, top please of your, continue, your to, continue to tell people how I could be very right. I'm not I, mind at all. I just think. What I think of, Chris, is if Pay was still on the Michigan Wolverines and the defense they're implementing this year, it's very similar to what the Baltimore Ravens have been running for the past five to six years. Yep. Attacking style, outside linebackers, Matthew Judon. That's what they're doing with the outside linebackers now this year. And if Pay was there right now, he would be getting drafted top 10. It, with it, if he shows out the talent that he has. So I think you're 100% right. It's just a matter of putting the pieces in place and that offense. But I think you're 100%. Th- this could be one of the breakout studs from this draft. Outstanding. Man, I could have just told you and let you go off. You said it better than I did. <laughs> Listen, we, no, know, I pre- I appreciate, we know. I appreciate the backup. If it's a Michigan player, I'm I'm probably gonna have a little more insight uh, than most players. Oh, absolutely, yeah. We got for offensive rookie of the year. So my offensive rookie of the year, a little homerism here, Mac Jones. Not just off of what I saw in this game, but I just think he's got a command for the offense. They're gonna open it up a little bit more as the season progresses. He's got some weapons around him. Hopefully, Nikhil Harry comes back and is just another piece to the puzzle. And we saw those tight ends just develop over the game. I think he's uh, – it's going to be a tough road because there's a lot of talent on the offense. I think Mac Jones is going to be the most consistent performer, and they'll make the playoffs. Uh, I find it hard to disagree with that. Um, I'm going to. 
but not because I don't like Mac. I think Mac's great, and I think everything I saw from the kid on Sunday uh, is everything you could ask, you could possibly ask for. Like you say, command of the offense, good decision making, strong arm. Uh, I think he's had a phenomenal year, and I think team wise, the Patriots of the three starting rookies right now for the Jets, Patriots, and Jaguars, the Patriots team wise will have the most on field success as a team. However, my pick. It's not very creative for the offensive rookie of the year is Trevor Lawrence down in Jacksonville only because a lot of times these awards are based on stats, pure stats. Uh, that's the reason Aaron Donald beat uh, TJ Watt for defensive player of the year last year. Better stats in certain categories. The Jaguars are going to be very bad this year. Doesn't mean Trevor Lawrence is bad. Trevor Lawrence looks great. However, that team is going to be behind all year, pretty much from the out of the gate. If if they're not behind after the first drive, twelve of the seventeen games, I'll be stunned. They 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 barely have a defense, and that offense they're going to be behind. He's going to have to throw. The kid's going to put up massive numbers, and Mac Jones with the style of you know the way the Patriots defense plays, and with the style of offense where they want to mix in the run a lot too. He's just not going to have the opportunity to get the numbers that Trevor Lawrence is. So Trevor Lawrence, I think, wins Offensive Rookie of the Year running away. I don't even think it's close. Uh, But I'm still very, very happy with Matt Jones. All right, so now we will do Defensive Player of the Year. Going back to Cleveland, Miles Garrett. Ooh, okay. Disrupted off the edge. I think he just continues to develop to the next level. And I think he uh, has a complete year, no suspensions, no disruptions. He's just going to disrupt the backfield and make every quarterback in in his division and he faces uh, seriously rethink uh, whether or not they want to be a quarterback. And the the division alone is just going to be a feeding ground for Miles Garrett to get sacks, to get strip sacks and just to be effective. And then Jadavian Clowney coming off the edge. He may not get double teams, but he is going to command some sort of attention, and that's going to help Miles Garrett. Yeah, it's, <laughs> again, another very solid pick. I, however, am going to stick with a guy who should be going for his third consecutive Defensive Player of the Year award. Uh, I've stuck with him. He has, he has not steered me wrong. The voters have steered both he and I wrong. Uh, and that is Mr. T.J. Watt, the best linebacker in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a man crush. Uh, he's one of my favorite non-Patriot players. The guy is exceptional. He's a game changer. Uh, no matter who he loses around him, he just adjusts to it and makes himself better. Uh, you can't ask for anything more. The Steelers did the smart thing. They stopped screwing around with him. They paid him. Uh, and now he's going to be their centerpiece for at least the next four or five years. Uh, And probably way past that, but at least. So this is the year he puts his stamp on the NFL and says, no, 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 no. Aaron Donald, you're a legend. Aaron Donald, you're great. But this is my award now. Okay. Now, a little award that's a little bit confusing, because let's face it, the MVP is always an offensive player. Right. Uh, at least if it hasn't been always. I don't remember the last time it wasn't. So offensive Player of the Year 
an MVP aren't always the same person, which you would kind of think would be. Offensive player of the year, for those who are not uh, familiar, is pretty much just who had the best numbers. MVP, obviously, who is most valuable. So there can be some discrepancy there. Who was your offensive player of the year? Uh, I'm going to go up to to New York and uh, choosing Josh Allen. I just think he's going to have a wide-ranging effect on the offense. I think he's going to – because his ability to score – um, not just through the air, but on the ground. And it, it it's like razor thin between him and Lamar Jackson. And I think the difference is, and it's not Lamar's fault. It's just because he now has no running backs um, that he's established a rapport with. So he now has to get that going with whomever he's going to have in his backfield on top of what I perceive as lack of depth in the wide receiver position. And they've already started off the season 0-1, you know, a tough loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. And I'm just – I just can't – I can't go down that road, and I think Josh Allen just has more weapons. So that's why I picked Josh Allen. Okay, I am going to come with one that's a little surprising. I'm going to take Nick Chubb out of Cleveland. Uh, this guy has proved on the ground he's one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, he has an even better team around him. He has an incredible offensive line. Baker's a year smarter. Hopefully the receivers are as well and they can stay healthy. The defense is going to get them the ball back and probably in some pretty short-yarded situations. He's going to have a chance for some very easy touchdowns down the stretch. Uh, this guy is one of the few people in the league you can honestly say could end up in the end zone twice a game easily. Uh, I could see him potentially competing if he stays healthy for uh, not only the rushing title, but also uh, the all-time, the single-season rushing touchdown record. Uh, I think, you know, I don't... I think when you talk about just their ability and build, uh, I know there's players who are more explosive. Um, but I think when you talk about the team around him, as well as the talent, there might not be a running back in a better situation in the league than Nick Chubb. And when you add that talent to that situation, it's maybe not, like I said, it's a crapshoot. I could have gone out and I could have said, my first guess was Christian McCaffrey. If he can stay healthy, but I'm like, I want to add one that actually makes me think. I want one I can actually go out there and say, I took a chance on this based on these things, and I was right or I was wrong. I'll take that. So, okay, MVP of the 2021 NFL season will be. Yeah, not exciting, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I know it's boring boring pick, but I mean, after what he did this weekend, and and honestly before this weekend, it, it, it would have been my pick. It's it's hard to not pick Patrick Mahomes. It's like Tom Brady and the Patriots. You can't not pick them until someone unseats them, and he is got so much talent around him, and he's got so much talent that he almost commands a default pick. Um, you can 
try to pick somebody else and, and rationalize it, but realistically, it's it's pretty much Patrick Mahomes against the field, and I, I'll pick Patrick Mahomes nine times out of ten. Well, it's not a bad guess, obviously. Uh, it's kind of like Tiger Woods when he was in his prime. You pick Tiger in the field. Right. Uh, very well could be. However, I am going to pick his division mate and last year's uh, uh, rookie of the year, Mr. Justin Herbert. Uh, I see the look on your face. You think I've, I've probably been smoking something. Uh, yeah. Um, look, this kid out of nowhere last year. With, with, with no training camp and pretty much no reps, came out and had arguably the best rookie season the quarterbacks ever had. And no, it was not it did not belong to Patrick Mahomes because that was Mahomes' second season. Um, And same with Brady. That was Brady's second season when he won the Super Bowl. Same with all these guys. Same with Lamar. That was his second season. Peyton Manning had some good numbers, but didn't, didn't quite – have the spark obviously Peyton Manning turned out just fine but didn't quite spark his team the same way that Herbert did last year uh, you have talented running game Keenan Allen some great receivers hopefully a defense that can stay healthy that can get them the ball back and not allow long drives to have the other team on the field which will give the Chargers more time with the ball which will in turn allow Herbert to get more stats um, again I'd more likely to say Patrick Mahomes could be the offensive player of the year as opposed to the MVP. Not because he isn't, just because I think I think if you put other players on the Chiefs, they're still a very good team. That's taking nothing away from Mahomes. He's special. He's a generational talent. He is the best quarterback in, in football right now. No knock. Who's going to be most valuable to their team by the time the year is out? Who could you not put anybody else in that position and replace? So, I know it's kind of crazy. Mahomes are the field, and it is hard to justify, but hopefully I just did a reasonable job of it, and I'm going to take somebody from the field. So, that is our way, 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 way too early. Uh, award winner pick, something we do every year ever since the show started. Um, so our third year we've done this now. We will revisit it again sometime around the midpoint and of the season. And then at the end of the season, after the regular season has concluded, we will do it again since obviously playoff stats don't count. It'll probably be the first week after the regular season. Uh, but now we are going to get into bank or tank for week two. And I must say, as somebody who last year, Literally crapped on you every week because I massacred you. Uh, yep. Hats off, sir. An outstanding week one. Went five and one. Only one you missed. Only one you missed was Sam Darnold. Uh, which, I mean, go figure, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jets could say the same thing. Um, I went a far less impressive two and four. Uh, but... You know, it's it's week one, and I got, I got out of my system then, so let's hope going forward, for my sake, I can do a little bit better. Um, we actually did something a little bit different this week. We didn't share a banker tank ahead of time. Yep. So if we end up having, uh, you know, having, having duplicates, we're just going to roll with it. Right. So that way we're going to start sharing them on the show live 
uh, as for as far as Ben and I go live. And uh, yeah, and then we'll just roll with that. So hopefully we picked six different players. We have more of a chance to get a, a leg up on the other one, but who knows? So I will, uh, as as the champion of week one, Ben, seed uh, to you. You can go first. I'm going at quarterback, Bank, Baker Mayfield, Aaron Jones, and Justin Jefferson. Okay, we have three different people. For Bank, I have at quarterback, Jared Goff, running back, Damian Harris, and wide receiver, Debo Samuel. And to finish up, Tank, I'm going Derek Carr, Austin Eckler, and Kenny Galladay. Okay. We did we did not match any. Tank, Kirk Cousins, Joe Mixon, and Amari Cooper. Amari had Amari, Amari had one of his two good games, week one. He only has one the rest of the season. I'm gonna bank it's not against a good charger secondary. So I was I was this close to picking Amari Cooper, but like let me give it a little bit more time to do my uh, my um my usual Amari Cooper. I didn't want to pick him like four or five times this year. Yeah. So it's, it's just it's just you know chalk to to to, to pick Amari Cooper. And like I said, he he's already had one of his three good games. So I just love this comment. I, I sent it to you that he he thinks he's one of the best receivers in the league. He just hasn't produced like one. <laughs> no shit. You get all this money and you have it produced. Yeah. I, I will excuse last year, but the previous years, eh, no, you need to step it up. Yeah, and I mean, again, like that will come out and you have a week one. Remember, remember Sammy Watkins a few years ago? Sammy Watkins yeah. the same way. Week one, when he was with the Chiefs, had a killer week one. Kill, he got like 44 fantasy points. Killed it. And then what did he do the rest of the season? Oh, he was injured for some of it, which, again, is unfortunate. That's that's kind of his MO. He's injury prone. But he never, he never duplicated that. I don't think there was a three-week span you could combine the rest of the season where he matched his week one's total score. Cooper's the same way. Two or three. Great games. Phenomenal games. Games that flash so much talent. And then the rest of the time... He's two for 12 with like four drops. And it's like spread out the consistency and you will be a premier receiver. I mean, you're getting paid like one for some reason. They decided to pay you like one, but you haven't produced like one. And I don't think with guys like CD lamb on that offense, it's going to change anytime soon. So we shall see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is, maybe it's that, that what that 60 year magic that we're all waiting for. <laughs> and uh, everyone knows I mean, no, it's good players don't roll around. They're, they're six season, like it's a baseball league or something. But we will see. Maybe we're wrong, but uh, history has proven that um, Cooper will not have a good week two. So I'm, I'm going to roll with that. I'm going to roll with the numbers on that, statistically. Anything else? Are you good? No, I'm all set. All right. Thank you very much for joining us for episode 145. If you have any questions or comments on this episode, past episodes, or... Anything sports-related in general, Ben and I would love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Website, BCTSPod.com. Or Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, we'd ask you to go to wherever you download your favorite podcast and leave a rating and a review. And tell a friend if you have any. I do have a couple more besides Ben. 
they do listen, so I'm not any good there. Till next time, for Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.